Hey, I'm Lucas Dorr from OKC Thunder, and you're listening to the No Special Team Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this this extra bonus episode of No Special Teams. Um, we just got the regular regular group of guys here. Um, and we're, we're here to discuss specifically the NBA. I know we talked on our last episode that came out on Saturday that we were going to be coming out with an extra episode just to kind of talk about our hot takes and everything. Um, me and Ben Holloway are live. We're watching the, the Lakers and the Raptors right now. Mm-hmm. And um, Carson and Ben are in the rock. I'm assuming watching the same game, right? <laughs> uh, yep. Yep, so uh, some interesting times already in the bubble. Um, there's a lot of things we're going to get into today about the gameplay, talking about you know the different teams, uh, what some of our takeaways have been from the games. But before we get into the games, wanted to get you guys' take kind of starting uh, from the outside in. So uh, as a part of this uh, bubble play, uh, the NBA has a lot of different things they have been wanting to try out for a couple of years during the games and have never really had an opportunity to do so um, that they've, they've taken a step forward with this year. And I think a lot of these changes are things that could uh, roll over into uh, next season. So I would, uh, you know, wanted to get you guys take on a couple of these items and, and what your thoughts have been on, you know, so far. So first and foremost, the most obvious one, I mean, the, uh, the virtual fans, what, what do you guys take on the virtual fans so far? Have you liked it? Do you dislike it? They're not very good fans. Like, they're not getting intense when there's a huge dunk or a three-pointer. It's just like some random people just sitting in front of the computer screen. I filled out my Grizzlies fan thing. We're on trial number 10. And if they (laughs) sit there, I will do a defense chant in my living room. No, you'll do a T-shirts chant and expect to get a T-shirt shot at you through the computer screen, right? (laughs) That'd be intense. That'd be great. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I feel like there's a little bit of a delay, um, so it's hard to like as as a virtual fan. I feel like it would be hard to kind of react in real time because you're watching it and it's a little bit delayed. Well, and they gotta um, make sure right that people aren't like flipping off the camera or doing right. something they shouldn't. I'm assuming that's the reason it's delayed. But yeah, I have like I saw um, in the Mavericks game last night. Um, which I'm sure we'll end up talking about a little bit, but there was a Dirk cutout that somebody had put oh, up. Oh yeah, I saw that. And uh, I've seen several where there's like an actual fan or a few where it's just like random like cutouts or something like that. There was one where did y'all see Chris Bosh was actually one of the virtual fans in one of these games. Yeah, that was hilarious. We just saw you in the Thunder game too, Ben. Yeah, I was at the Thunder game. I was uh, – no, I wasn't. But I was absolutely – There was a guy that kind of looked like you. There was you. a guy that really looked like you. Are you glasses, Mm-hmm. He was really good looking, Ben. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> looked like he could have beaten uh, Gideon Singleton in a wrestling match. And he probably would have bit him too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think the virtual fans haven't really been – too weird for me honestly because it's like that's where you would normally see fans in the game mm-hmm. um i mean it's you, like kind of the best thing you can do right now i think it's a cool way to get fans involved and i don't mind it too much yeah 
Me and that Bitter. was funny in the uh, the blowout earlier of Thunder and Jazz. Several fans left the uh, virtual thing, just like they do in an actual blowout of a game. Yeah, the Clippers. There was like the Clippers game just now. There were no fans by the end. Me and Ben were talking about this earlier, and we had a cool idea, and I think it kind of spurred from that lacrosse idea we were talking about last night. Um, but I would totally be down to pay extra to have a broadcast where it was just the players mic'd up during the game instead of like commentators or something like that. I mm-hmm. very much like the idea of being able to hear these guys like cuss each other and talk trash and all that stuff. I just feel like that would be extremely entertaining. I don't know what y'all think, but I agree. The one thing I really liked about the basketball tournament recently was the the mics that they had on the coaches and the refs. Mm. And it was really cool to just hear the coaches like yelling out different plays or yelling advice to their players. And then to hear kind of some of the conversations between the refs and the players or the refs and the coaches, um, it just kind of added a whole new element that you don't ever really get in a normal NBA game. So mm. that would be, that'd be a fun thing to add or like even an option on NBA league pass where you could pay extra to have, mm. you know, the court mics on or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and speaking about additional, you know, audio and video and, and all that stuff, you know, there have been a lot of different camera angles going on too. And I've really liked some of the stuff that they're doing. Um, you know, just talking about last night, you can really tell like how big some of these guys are. Whereas a lot of times I feel like it's kind of like not as noticeable um, mm-hmm. because of the fact that a lot of these cameras are lower to the ground, you can really tell they have had some weird, but I don't know if y'all have noticed this. I noticed during the Thunder game, like they've had some weird camera angles where it's on and they have it going right now in this Raptors Lakers game where it's just on one so, side of the ground level. And it's like, yeah. I can't see what's going on on the other side of the court at all. <laughs> yeah. But I think they, they don't do it a ton. So I, I kind of really like it because it's, basically where you would be seeing if you had a courtside view um and you can really tell like how big the players are compared to the size of the rim you know like oh these players are actually six foot nine and seven foot mm-hmm. um so i think it's a really cool camera angle that they don't haven't really overused yet and i think it's a it's a nice addition that they've added okay, i would so love to see the camera that they do in like an nfl kickoff return or college kickoff return with the sky cam on like LeBron or Jaw or just any player just going full court and just having like an action cam following them all the way. That'd yeah. be pretty intense. It'd look like a commercial, honestly. What if they just put a, a 360 camera on one of the sidelines and you could, they have an option to buy like NBA League Pass VR and you just had like a view of the game? I think that would be. Yeah, they do have that. They do have they that. They do? Yeah, it's Dude, really expensive. Yeah. I saw the package the other day. I can't remember how much it was, but even like a single game, you were talking like 40 or 50 bucks, I think. So it wasn't something you'd really be able Dang. to do unless you had the money for it. But yeah. I, I like, mean, compared to a regular uh, courtside seat, yeah, still not bad. Um, one thing I have loved that is a new change that I think will stick around is uh, the – taking this kind of from the MLS, but the in-game commercials they've been doing during free throws, I just feel like there have been a lot less stoppages in the game for, you know, big, long commercial breaks because it seems like they're getting some in 
during the game plan get during the gameplay have, have you guys noticed that some i know that that's you know big uh in the in the soccer sphere I'm good with that as long as they don't get into soccer's range of having 13 different sponsors on the shorts and the jersey and the socks and mm. all that. I like the one sponsor on the jersey is enough for me. I want to keep the teams looking like the top league as much as they can. Yeah, Ben and I were talking earlier today about how the uh, the love sponsorship for the Thunder is probably the worst one in the whole league. I don't know. The sponsor oh, yeah. so the Pacers looks pretty ugly too. At least it's yellow, but it just does not look good on their jerseys. <laughs> I'm surprised that Motorola even has money to sponsor anything at this point. <laughs> That's true. Is uh are the are the Raptors sponsored by Drake? <laughs> just in general, like that'd be kind of sick. That'd be great. What if they just let Drake be in the bubble and be a Raptors fan? Dude, I would totally be down to just like imagine if there was like a Drake vlog, right? Where we just like Drake was in the bubble and we just followed what Drake was doing all the time. Like that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the vlogs from the bubble, both from Javale and Matisse Thybul, have been great. Just seeing what it's like and. It seems like the players are having a lot of fun. I'm honestly surprised Drake hasn't paid for like a full virtual fan of like him in the studio just sitting there just watching the Raptors games. Maybe if once the playoffs occurs, he'll show back up again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure some of these guys are having more fun than others. Like I'm sure Lou Williams and James Harden are really not enjoying the bubble atmosphere, but, um, <laughs> you know, some other players are probably having more fun. <laughs> So yep. one, one other piece I think was interesting um, is the NBA historically, especially during the playoffs, has really had to fo- focus on making sure they get the right number of viewers to meet their TV contracts. And during the regular season, you know, there aren't really a whole lot of requirements for how many viewers they have to get. So for these, you know, eight seeding games, one of the things the NBA has talked about is that they're going to put a lot of focus on social media engagement that they haven't done in the past because they've been more focused on just getting people to, to turn the game on. And I've, I've found that side really interesting too. I mean, a lot of stuff like, you know, on Twitter at the top of your stream, it's showing live scores. And if you click on it, you know, showing videos and they're supposed to be doing some stuff over the next few weeks too on, on Instagram and even on uh, TikTok and things like that. I mean, they're talking about kind well, of. They're not doing it on well, TikTok anymore. Not, not on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, the idea is kind of trying to to break that barrier that the all professional sports have kind of struggled historically to find their place uh, marketing within social media. So I found that to be interesting uh, that they've kind of taken a big step forward there. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think that's. I mean, just any type of fan engagement that they can get at this point, it's probably going to be a huge help. And if if I can, I mean, I'll share a quick story of my favorite instance so far in the bubble of, uh, of fan engagement. And some of it comes from, you know, these teams that their their social media accounts are, have been very active. So um, earlier this year, back in, back in June, uh, a person by the name of Andrew Lezis, uh submitted a tweet out here uh, on the Twitters. And uh, he said, screenshot this. 
if DeAndre Aiden makes a three-pointer in Orlando, I'll get a domination face tag. <laughs> and in oh, the man. scrimmages, DeAndre Aiden hit two different threes, and the Suns' official Twitter account replied at him, tweeted a screenshot of it, and said, hey, Andrew, we didn't forget. Looking forward to the face tag. And uh, so he started complaining, saying, well, that, those are just scrimmages. They weren't real games. And then in the first game yesterday for the Suns, DeAndre Aiden stepped out behind the three-point line and dropped one. So the Suns again. <laughs> if preseason didn't count at Andrew Lees, that one did in a winky face. So uh, I, I just think things like that, you know, I can't wait to see this uh, uh, Domin Aiton-shin face tat because it's going to first look like the guy spelled domination wrong and (laughs) tattoo that he's got to live with the rest of his life. And the son's actual account and all of their fans now know about this guy and follow him and are hounding him every day until he posts his uh, face tat. So face tattoo is never a good idea. (laughs) Like I just no funny though. You're in a lose-lose scenario whenever <laughs> you uh, make bets like that with your own team. Because if he doesn't make a three, then you don't get the three-pointer for your team. But when he does make it, you're in a losing scenario there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The Suns', the Suns uh, social media account is one of the best in the NBA, honestly. Mm-hmm. It's great. Okay, I'd say let's move into some some teams really quick and some of the stuff yeah. that's going down on the court. So I think the first team we got to talk about, the Pelicans have played two games now and uh, have kind of crapped the bed twice and (laughs) really had to win. So I guess what have been y'all's impressions of the Pelicans? I think in that first game there for, you know, the first three quarters, Brendan Ingram looked like the next Kevin Durant, and then he just absolutely disappeared. Um, And then, you know, in this game, I I really don't think he looked – that yeah, during the fourth quarter, he went to the French Quarter. What? I said during the fourth quarter, Brandon Ingram went to the French Quarter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, nobody in the uh, no nobody in the Pelicans played well in this last game against the um, you know the uh, the Clippers. So, I mean, at this point, is there even a chance that they don't want to run and and start winning some games? I mean, the way that they've been playing defense, it just doesn't appear like they want to make the playoffs. So I'm a little confused on how the play-in tournament works. Is it just between the nine and the eight seed? Yes. Okay. So they got to beat the Trailblazers at this point and be within four games of the the Grizzlies. Yeah. Okay. If the Grizzlies are more than four games better than the nine seed, then they don't have to play in. But if the team is within four games, then they'll do a – Two game plan, but basically the nine the nine seed will have to beat the Grizzlies twice, um, and, and the Grizzlies the just have to beat them once. So it's kind of a okay. weird setup. That's what I thought, but I think if that's the case, I I don't see the Pelicans making it at all. The Blazers looked really good, and I don't know. I just don't have a ton of confidence in the Pelicans right now, especially with Zion playing limited minutes, and um, I just think the Blazers and the Grizzlies are going to stay ahead of them. Knock on wood. Can the Grizzlies get out of contention? So hopefully that doesn't occur. But I don't think they could lose that because I mean they were four games up already. They would have to drop back. I think they'd still be within four games. I mean, I mean it's possible, but another team would have to pass them. 
Like yeah, I think the worst that can happen for the Grizzlies is that the Blazers could pass them. But I don't see I don't see the Grizzlies dropping behind the Spurs or the uh Pelicans. Yeah, I think it would probably yeah. be Grizzlies and Blazers for playing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat that they've concerned me so far. I honestly, and I may be in the minority here, but I don't even feel like Zion's really looked good on the court either, especially this game against the Clippers. Just mm-hmm. kind of his ball handling, he's been fumbling it around. And uh, defensively, he's he was basically, I mean, even in the first game where he looked pretty dominant with the ball offensively, his plus minus was still negative in that first game. He was not a uh, – it wasn't like the – the Pelicans dominated for the 15 minutes he was on the court and then, you know, just were terrible the rest of the game. That's why they lost. I mean, they they were negative with Zion on the court. And outside of that, I mean, yeah. the, this game against the Clippers was one of the worst games I've watched in a long time from a team that uh, they just, even offensively, they just didn't move. There's no plays, no offense, just kind of standing around waiting for somebody to shoot a contested jumper. And they don't really have any players that can actually hit contested jumpers. So, I don't yeah, know. I watched a uh, three-minute highlight tape earlier on Twitter of Zion's bad defensive plays. <laughs> and some of them are pretty bad, where he's literally caught napping on inbound passes and doesn't even, like, guard his guy at all. Yeah, I mean, he's a rookie. He's still got a lot to learn. He'll be a good player, but – And, I mean, he um, only played, like, 17 games this season, too. So, right. I mean uh, – yeah. He didn't play many of the play-in games, if any, did he? Because he was gone for most of uh, the beginning of the lockout, especially with their five-on-five scrimmages. Yeah. yeah, he didn't play any of those. Yeah, I don't see the Pelicans making the playoffs. But I really hope – I don't know what it is about the Blazers, but I've kind of grown to hate them almost. I don't know if it's from the, the Thunder Blazers series last year, but Dame and CJ are kind of annoying to me now. Um, and I just really hope the Grizzlies make the playoffs. Yeah, the I think everybody is on on board with that. At least on this one. Yeah. I'm just so tired of the Blazers. And they were so bad this year. Now they got everyone back. Mm-hmm. And it's just, they didn't really deserve to make the playoffs this year, but they still might. Side so, note, Alex Caruso's hair has somehow gotten worse. <laughs> it's so bad on TV. It looks terrible. Yeah, I don't know that there are too many other hot takes that you can have on either the Lakers or the Clippers or the Bucks at this point in time. Um, I think all of them are a lock for at least the semifinals at this point. I mean, anything can happen, but barring unforeseen circumstances, I would be extremely surprised if any teams outside of – or, well, those three at least, I'd be surprised if, if they don't all three make it to their respective conference semifinal or conference yeah. finals. Yeah, so what do you guys think good right now? If, if you're looking at the most – you know, exciting games we've watched so far. I mean, the uh, the Mavericks-Rockets 302-point game last night was pretty <laughs> wild. So what do you guys – did you guys have any takeaways from that game? You know, what are your thoughts on both of those teams? Do you think they have any shot to make some noise moving forward? And, and kind of what, what overall did you see? I really like the uh, the Hollow Hoops tweets about Boban Marjanovic against the Rockets. Yes. <laughs> Those were great. There. And the same thing with Kristaps, too. Every time you got on the ball, they were going to score. I mean, personally, I'm not a big guy on the Mavericks. Um, I really think they're one player away. I, You know, obviously, I like Kristaps. I like Luka. I just I don't think they have the depth to really 
do a whole lot. Um, as far as the Rockets, you know, I, I think they're going to be great. I think they're going to score a ton of points. I think once we get to the playoffs, I have a hard time seeing them really winning any series. Um, just because when a, a team is, you know, when you're when you're playing them in a one-off situation, um, it's probably a lot more difficult to prepare and, you know, no other teams are playing like that. Um, but when that's all you have to prepare for, you know, for seven games, I, I don't foresee them doing well. And you saw Marjanovic, you saw Kristaps absolutely just bullying them, right, in the in the post. You know, these other teams, like, they're probably going to be playing the Clippers, um, the Nuggets, the um, – the Lakers in the first round, you know, they have size, all three teams do. And I just have a hard time for seeing a situation where they're going to be able to beat any of those three teams. So I have the opposite opinion on the Rockets uh, based on the game. And the reason that I left the game last night liking the Rockets more is watching that overtime the entire Mavericks roster looked totally gassed, like no energy left, jogging up and down the court, but like seriously struggling. And from top to bottom, I mean, Westbrook, Harden, House, the team they had out there, I mean, looked like this was just another day at practice running 53 minutes. So what I think is in this, in this bubble setting, they're going to be doing the same in the playoffs that they are in these regular games and that they're not going to be running three or four nights in between games, but you're probably going to play every other night. And a team like the Rockets that's going to make you run like that and you've got to play in four straight games. You know, I'm concerned about the Mavericks tomorrow, and I'm interested to see how they look tomorrow night. Um, just coming off of the way that the, the, the Rockets make you run and shoot and run and shoot and run and shoot. Um, I think they could seriously be a problem for some of these, uh, you know, either older teams or just teams that, you know, don't necessarily have as many pieces. Now, do I think they're going to beat the Lakers or, or the Clippers? I mean, no, I'm not going to choose them in a seven-game series. But I do definitely think there is a world that exists that, you know, in a, in a conference semifinals, the Lakers end up with the Rockets. And after seven games, especially if you've got any issues with LeBron or AD, I mean, outside of those two guys, the rest of that bench, you know, Deion Waiters is not going to be able to run seven games at that speed. And J.R. Smith is not going to be able to run seven games at that speed. So uh, I kind of left thinking something a little different there, I guess, with the Rockets. I don't know. My my thought on the Rockets is just like, I think they will probably advance to the second round. But then you're playing most likely the Lakers or the Clippers and Christmas. a lot of your um, like uh, you're relying a lot on like Daniel House and Ben McLemore to knock down threes, and I don't think that's a place where you want to be yeah. against a team. Like that. Well, hopefully they'll have Eric Gordon right at that point, so maybe they're a little bit better situation. Is, is Eric Gordon back by then? Uh, he's only out for two weeks, um, so I think he okay. should be back. Um, but so you okay. think yeah. you, right now they're the they're the six. They're the five. They're, I think we just overtook. Oh them. yeah, I guess they're the. Six so they're now. the sixth seed right now. So right now they're matching up with the Nuggets. So you think you think in a seven game series they're going to beat the Nuggets? I would pick them over the Nuggets. Yes, I agree with that. I, I, I think the Nuggets look right now. Maybe if Murray and uh, Gary Harris are back by then, 
maybe it'd be different. But the way the Nuggets look today, it wouldn't. It wouldn't probably. Yeah, be- I think my pick for round two, unless the Thunder and Rockets are playing each other, would be uh, Thunder, Rockets, Clippers, and Lakers. Because the Jazz, I don't really, I don't really think without uh, what's Bodon. what's the name, Bodon, um, I just think they're going to struggle, and I'm not not sold on the Nuggets yet. And I really, the Thunder looked really good, and I also think the Rockets, just with Westbrook and Harden, can make it past round one. Something I have noticed in these games. Uh, Brings us back to an old pod. They're advertising Puma hoops everywhere, <laughs> all over again. <laughs> Every time they go to a low camera angle shot, you see the Puma hoops logo <laughs> in the corners of the arena, and it reminds me of like the TBT tournament. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. were questioning whether or not Puma was becoming a basketball brand. Well, maybe they are. So hey, Converse is trying to get back in the game now too. <laughs> One thing I do want to talk about really quick on this game, well, two things, but one, to your point earlier, Ben, I left that game so frustrated about the Boban situation. I mean, this guy played in the game, so he had six points and five rebounds, and he played four minutes and 44 seconds of that game. He scored literally a point and a half for every minute he was on the court, and when he was on in the first quarter – like any, there's an one time uh, I can't remember who it was the shot. Was it Luca that shot that air ball? Yeah, Luca airballed it and rebounded yeah, it over PJ Tucker. Yeah, and he just grabbed it and then dropped it in. And so at the end of the game, you're sitting with four seconds to take a game-winning shot, and I do not understand why you do not sub Boban in and just throw the ball in, just lob it up, yeah. have him catch it on the block, and whether he makes it or not, that is going to be a far better shot than a. Luca, thirty-two foot fadeaway jumper. Um, yeah. But but the other piece I want to talk about here is something that I feel pretty passionately about, and it was the management at the end of the game uh, by by Rick Carlisle. So one is that offensive piece, but two, I mean, to me, last night showed an example of why doing the on purpose fouling at the end of the game it makes sense. Maybe in a high school setting where you you're talking about like a one on one for the other team. In the NBA, I think it is a horrible mistake that that reach out and foul, which ultimately provided the opportunity for uh, you know the Rockets to make a free throw and then tip the ball in to tie it up there. Uh, what do you guys think about his kind of Rick Carlisle strategy there of just grab Harden as soon as the ball gets inbounded with five seconds left? I mean, I kind of disagree with you there. I think that strategy still makes sense. There's not, it's not very often that you get an offensive rebound tip in on a free throw. Um, I, I feel like kind of in the right, right place, right time. He kind of snuck around um, and it bounced on the rim a little bit. But I think that's still a good strategy because, I mean, you don't really, a player like Harden, you don't really want to give him a three at the end of the game versus letting your, you know, letting more time run off the clock and you guys shoot free throws and get back up by three. So I think that's still a good strategy. It just didn't work out for them there at all. Yeah. I mean, the problems that I run into with the strategy as a whole, first is take a take a pause and think about where Harden caught the ball with four and a half seconds left on the mm-hmm. logo. And in reality, I think the Mavericks got very lucky that the refs did not call that a foul on a three to begin with because Harden, in my opinion, at least in the NBA of 10 years ago, five years ago, 
they would have called that his shooting motion that he had started uh, during that foul yeah. and could have easily given him three free throws. Um, in this game, Harden shot three for nine from three. It wasn't like he was just stroking threes unbelievably. And when you look at Harden's track record of game game winning shots, he is not one that anybody considers a clutch player. So I don't know. To me, it just seemed like a predetermined situation of hey, when he catches a foulum, and I get it if he's right by the three point line, but he's going to have to make a move through a double team, take a shot, and that's just to tie the game. You know, to me, it just seems yeah. There, yeah, I see where you're coming from on that one. It, it kind of makes sense to not foul in that situation. Although the strategy does make sense in the long run, I think. Yeah, I think there may be instances it does, but it just frustrated me there because it seemed like a non-basketball move that they tried to yeah. and, and it ultimately backfired on them when, in reality, I don't think Harden was going to pull out some crazy shot and tie it at the buzzer. And even if he did, I'd feel better about that happening than – you know, what ultimately did happen. So I don't know. Maybe it's just because uh, recency bias of seeing it go wrong. But uh, I just – I don't like any of those foul on purpose to try to delay the game strategy moves. You know, it kind of feels like the NFL's uh, – that uh, move Bill Belichick pulled with the uh, – uh, holding. Do something on a punt and do a start <laughs> to let the clock continue to run and just kind of I don't know yeah didn't sit right with me. I'll as say a basketball player. The one reason I'm I'm well one of the main reasons I'm opposed as a Thunder fan I have a little bit of PTSD with uh, old Dame Lillard hitting that <laughs> shot to win the game from the logo. Um, so <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's you know I don't think you can just say that he is probably not in today's NBA. Guys are taking it from there and making it more than they ever have. I don't know. Yeah. I, I still lean towards you foul, but, I mean, I think the thing that Ben pointed out is how often are these guys actually getting offensive rebounds. If the Mavericks box out there like they should have been taught in elementary school, <laughs> I mean, you know. Also, why don't they sub in Boban at that point, too? Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm like, why don't you get your rebounders in there? Because that's yeah. the game if you rebound the ball. I mean – there are a lot of things. I, I still I agree. I don't think the game was managed very well, especially on the offensive end. Why do you not have your big guys going strong toward the basket? I mean, Kristaps, his first four shots were fadeaways. I'm like, you're six inches taller than every other player on the court. So, um, you yeah. know, that was an interesting uh, approach. But, well, let's move on. I want to get some Thunder talk, and I want us to also talk about the yes. – a little bit. So, the Thunder came out and took – the Jazz behind the shed and just whooped their butt for, um, you know, the entire game. And as a Thunder fan, that was the greatest thing that could ever happen to me. Um, yes. A couple things that stuck out, you know, the only two players from the starting lineup that we had to play more, that played more than 30 minutes were Ludort and Shea. So, shout out to Paul. What? So shout out to the pod. Yeah, bro. Lou. Yeah, are we going to do the uh, the Lou Dort intro for this yeah, pod? Yeah, Lou Dort will be the intro, so y'all will all get to hear that. Um, They've heard it by now. <laughs> I think we've already done it. Yeah, haven't. Um, but so, yeah, those are the only guys that played more than 30 minutes. The, the biggest guy that impressed me, and Ben, I want to get your thoughts on this, because I mm-hmm. think this player is – not very good, and maybe my expectations of should be changed moving forward. I think I know who you're going to say. 
Diallo. Absolutely had a fantastic game. I mean, outside of there was some still some of that young doesn't know what he's doing on defense, just kind of runs around. And, you know, I mean, I think that's an, an obvious shortcoming in his game. But, I mean, what did you think about Diallo? Do you have any thoughts specifically about um, what went on in the game? Is there anything that stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean, he hit those two corner threes, which you can't really rely on. But, yeah, he had a great game. I was kind of surprised at how much he played. Uh, I thought they would go to Robertson before him. Mm-hmm. and uh, But, yeah, I mean, he played really well. I don't think he's someone you can really rely on in the playoffs. So they're probably um, they're probably still trying to phase Robertson back in until he gets into full full form and can play consistently in the playoffs. But I was really impressed with Diallo. He did great. And I think you're gonna have a hard time finding a guy on the Thunder that didn't have a good game. I mean, I think yeah. from top to bottom, the roster, everybody came out and played really well. So um, yeah. I was. One of the cool things was just seeing Andre Robertson play in a basketball game again and play, like, really good defense on the other team's best player. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell, I don't think he was extremely effective. He ended the game with, like, 11 points – or 13. I'm sorry, 13 points. But, you know, looking at the defense that was put on him, Dort absolutely locked him down. And I'm – you know, shout out. He's one of our our sponsor athletes – but I think Dort's legit, and I think by the end of, of the bubble, people are going to know his name. Um, yeah. Also, as a, um, uh, as a Thunder fan, the biggest takeaway – I mean, I, I watch the Thunder. I go to more Thunder games than anybody else. So, you know, I feel like I know the team, and I'll, I'll still root for them, but uh, it's not my team. Uh, the player in the bubble – Honestly, maybe across the entire NBA, but it, at least in the top five of players I've been most impressed with in the bubble is friggin' Steven Adams, dude. I mean, he has been yes. like a man. And today, if if watching that game, you told me that Rudy Gobert was, you know, a potential defensive player of the year candidate, I probably would have laughed because, like, I felt like Steven Adams owned him possession after possession. And it wasn't it like shooting – baby hooks with his left hand, shooting floaters as he drove the lane, dishing out some Jokic passes as he drove. I mean, it was a very impressive game uh, from Steven Adams, and I, I hope we get to see more of that because, you know, even in the scrimmages, I mean, he's he's got the size that he can bully most bigs in the NBA, and if he can add some of those finesse moves as well, I think he could be a pretty big key in the uh, Thunder success or – lack of success in the playoffs, depending on how he uh, performs. And to kind of speak, yeah, you know, I think over the course of Steven's career, the biggest issue has been health, right? He has never been in the playoffs healthy. By the end of the year, he's always picked yeah. up. He always has the tape on his shoulders, and he's he's only, you know, he's on a minutes restriction because he, he can't play the full game. Um, you know, it was the same thing with Paul George last year, where it was just, you know, by the end of the season, he was just so banged up, he really couldn't show what he could. And we're seeing that with even Paul George today, just absolutely went off. And and I think those are probably two of the players that have been helped the most with the time off, just because, you know, at the beginning of the season, every year I feel like I'm impressed with Steve. And I, I come out, and I'm like, this guy is a top five center in the league. And by the end of the season, I'm like, man, he's just not doing anything. He can't stay on the court. Um, offensively, he's inept. You know, he just can't do what he could at the beginning of the season. It's always 
it boils down to injuries, which, um, you know, I'm excited that we're going to get to see him um, help healthy, hopefully, um, you know, especially if the Thunder keep playing like this, um, he won't have to play a whole bunch of minutes leading up to the playoffs. Yeah, you said exactly what I was going to say. I I think him being healthy is huge for the Thunder. Um, and I also want to quickly touch on uh, Shea Gildas-Alexander. Oh, yeah. He had a great game. And just to see his confidence in going at Gobert and just his ability to finish some of the layups around one of the best shot blockers in the NBA is really impressive. Mm-hmm. At, you know, 20 – what is he, 20 or 21 years old, second year in the league. Um and just to see his improvement even from when the season ended to now. And he's going to be a future star, and it's it's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, I'm honestly disappointed in Rudy <laughs> Gobert, uh, a guy that shut down the league and a nation, couldn't shut down a Kiwi in Stephen Adam. Uh, you think uh, that would have happened, but it didn't. Yep. Well, we can move on. One other game – or one other team I know we were all pretty high on moving into – the the bubble um the miami heat today i don't know if y'all watched that game at noon um but they looked they looked fantastic um you know really they were firing all cylinders um the thing that impressed me the most with the heat and i i think this has been happening all year their ball movement um running their offense through bam at a bio um honestly works so much better than i thought it would and you know they were playing the nuggets who were down um, three of their starters, their their two best guards didn't play. Um, Bull Bull got out there, and um, Kelly Olynyk ate his lunch. <laughs> um, but you know, I think top to bottom, the Heat really impressed me. Um, you know, I'm glad that they're my dark horse, and I do um, I foresee them as a team that I, I think could potentially make it to the conference finals and and really give you know, give the, uh, the Bucks some fits. And, you know, I don't know that they win that series, but I think it would be an intriguing uh, series to watch. The only concern I had with the Heat watching them is, and I don't know why the Nuggets decided in the second quarter to suddenly move away from trying to put the ball in the post. I feel like the Nuggets offense slowly moved further and further outside, and that's when it, the game got out of hand. The only concern I have for the Heat after watching today is, Bam just wasn't I mean even even the the skinny joker was kind of doing what he wanted with Bam down low and when you talk about like a potential first round matchup with you know Embiid or potentially you know anything that would involve uh the Bucks uh I just get kind of worried with the Heat do have a small team and outside of Bam they don't really have any other rim protection in most what? of their Myers Leonard, they Myers got Kelly Olynyk. Those guys, they are got some great fours. <laughs> They're all stretch fours, and they—I mean—they've got a great shooting team. That it may not matter if a team can post up on them, but uh, anyway, that's just the one concern I had. But I felt like uh, my guy Duncan Robinson showed out, uh, and he really—I mean—he changes the the game. The fact that a guy that you know in reality scores fourteen points a game basically draws a double team every time he runs around a screen it it spaces the court so well and you know opens st- stuff up for Jimmy and uh and those guys and, and Kendrick none I mean those guys are very good cutters and I feel like the combination of 
Duncan forcing guys to play outside on defense and then opening the lane for those backdoor cuts um, and, and Bam, you know, doing some of his facilitating. They, they definitely were, were very interesting to watch, and I like them more today than probably ever before that I've watched the Heat uh, in the past. I thought Drogic played uh, pretty well today, yeah, too. Drogic, um, he went in there and provided, like, he was has a lot of energy and was driving and did pretty well in defense as well. Yep. Yeah. Well, one other thing I want to ask you guys for, Dan, I know we're about out of time, but it, moving away from the bubble, is there one team that you see that's not in the bubble that you either wish you could watch or a team you think next year – could be in these conversations or a team that we're talking about. Do you see any any glimmer of hope for any of the Delete Eight squads that are out there? Oh, well, I think Next. obviously the Warriors are a a team. You know, primarily the reason they weren't in it was due to injury this season. Yeah. That's kind of a boring answer. Um, I hate the Warriors and don't want to see them do well. <laughs> um, and I'm completely unbiased. So I would say the, the <laughs> that I really want to see, um, I would love to see Minnesota take a step forward. And I feel like we've been saying that for like uh, five years now. Uh, Since Kevin Garnett, Garnett left? Yeah, or Kevin Love, honestly. Um, but, you know, I, I just think they have so much potential. And, um, you know, obviously on the defensive end of the ball, you have two guys that <laughs> – really aren't known for defense at all. Um, but I, I do think they have a promising young player in Jarrett Culver, who's now not going to be forced to play point guard. Um, you know, I, I think Russell, you know, obviously for the Nets, he was incredible. And um, I, I think there's potential for him to return to that form and really play well with Carl Anthony Towns. Um, you know, I would, I would say that's the biggest one. And, and, you know, really they're, I think they're, you know, one major piece away from being able to make some noise. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a high expectation for any of those teams, you know, within the next year. Yeah, I think if the Hawks can build around Trey and figure out a way to make up for his uh, lack of defense, I think they could be a potential Eastern Conference playoff team. Uh, and that kind of says more about the East than it does the Hawks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, I, I mean, you think about it, and I think they could definitely beat out the Magic for that eight seed next year. Um, although the Wizards may be back healthy again with Bradley Beal. So um, I'm not quite sure on them, but I think they're the best bet as far as, like, the bottom of the East teams to make a rise. Um, and I agree with Ben Kiesling on the, uh, the Timberwolves. I think they have a good shot next year with Towns and Russell and Culver especially with the expectation that the Spurs might intentionally be tanking. The Thunder might intentionally be tanking. You know, there are yeah. teams that have perennially been in the playoffs that might not necessarily be there. So there's, there's some room for some of those teams to rise. I do, I will say other outside of, and this team is in it. Um, I think the Kings, you know, with one more year of, you know, experience underneath their belt and, hopefully being able to get Bagley healthy and actually on the court. I, I think that's a team that I think could take a major step forward next year. Darren Fox um, is definitely one of um, my favorite players in the NBA. I think he is, he doesn't play like a lot of other guys. He's so fast. Um, reminds me a lot of 
Russell Westbrook minus, um, you know, some of the, uh, <laughs> the aggression and stuff, but, you know, <laughs> definitely has a skill set that a lot of guys in the NBA don't have. And I think he's a good piece to, to start building your organization around. Yeah. One, one last thing before we end, I just want to mention how exciting and fun the Grizzlies are. Oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really hope they make the playoffs and I know Carson's a big Grizzlies fan, um, but they're just such an exciting young team and really looking forward to see how uh, jaw and Jaron both grow and, develop into stars i'm brent clark man don't don't yeah that's true. yeah i'm actually filling out another as we speak grizzlies fan forum so they really need to get me on there <laughs> the uh the one thing i'll add to i mean obviously in teams that i would like to see make a move next year as a, a diehard chicago bulls fan i'd like to see it happen but i don't see there being really any hope in the next few years um, unless something significant happens from the draft or free agency. But uh, the one team that I would say I'm excited to watch in the bubble that's not there right now is the Brooklyn Nets <laughs> because yeah. their actual whole roster is not in the bubble currently. And, <laughs> I mean, the thought of how great this playoffs is going to be with, you know, the Clippers and the Lakers and the Bucks. the thought of next year having a – Nets team with Kyrie and KD also in the discussion and a Warriors team with Steph and Clay. Like you've got five legitimate powerhouse teams in the NBA that will all be competing. And I think, you know, this year the conference finals are going to be interesting before that may not be as, you know, as, uh, as interesting as we gear up. But next year, I think, you know, all the way from kind of the conference semis on, it's going to be, some crazy games between, you know, all time great athletes. So uh, we're definitely, the NBA is in a great position moving forward. And I don't think they'll lose the momentum they've kind of gotten, uh, you know, right now. Yeah. The league is definitely more balanced yeah. than it's been in the last 15 years right now. Yep. Right. Like I feel like there's not mm-hmm. a single team that I'm like, Oh yeah, they're definitely going to win the, the finals. Like, you know, we had the warriors and then we had the heat, you know, like there's not a team that I'm like, oh my gosh, like they are far and away the favorites, you know, and even next year and hopefully moving forward, I think it's so much more exciting when, you know, it's not a foregone conclusion that one of these teams is going to win it. You know, I think it's exciting to see the matchup and hopefully we get to see the, uh, the Western conference finals, uh, a further matchup between the Lakers and the Clippers, right? That game honestly was probably one of the best games of the season. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Um, we're really looking forward to additional basketball moving forward. And, um, you know, hopefully we can get Carson on the uh, the fan cam. And, you know, he's just submitted three more. Three more. Perfect. Yeah. They're going to find me somehow. <laughs> they're going to they're gonna know that you're more dedicated than any other Grizzlies fan. <laughs> it's so great to have basketball back. Absolutely. You know? Um, I don't. I think I'm good. You guys have anything else? I don't have any more hot takes. Oh, other than the Boston Celtics sucked, and are you going <laughs> to gloat about my Jason Tatum yeah, takes? All this love. Last week we were having we had a group chat, and Ben Keesling has a legitimate argue with me for five minutes about how he thinks Jason Tatum is a top five player in the NBA, and <laughs> there was no better moment than Jason Tatum going two for 18 while Ben Keesling is sitting in my living room and we are watching <laughs> together. 
to basically show that, you know, regardless of who you are, if you're a top five player in the league, two for 18 is probably not a stat line you're putting up. And, and he basically got banned <laughs> by the Milwaukee defense. So uh, definitely one of yeah. the better moments of the uh, playoffs so far. <laughs> All right. Um, so if I do somehow end up on the virtual fan thing, do I have to go face paint? Yes. I think you got to go chest paint. You got to no, know acrylic paint. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to scar the kids. We got to go acrylic paint. And if I, I'm crazy that I don't have an NBA jersey other than a old classic John Stockton. So if you get selected, you're going to have to Amazon Prime a jaw jersey or something. That, or I feel like we should put on the Twitter and see if I should get like an Allen Iverson. Or a Gasol, Conley, Duncan, or go back with a Vancouver jersey, or, or get Ben Keesling's uh, Vince Carter jersey. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a good one. <laughs> we got a Gasol right pod. Yeah, I think you got to go like a throwback to to act like you've been a Grizzlies fan for you know thirty years or twenty years. Go find like a you know Mike Miller throwback jersey or something Dude. that hadn't been on the Grizzlies in a long time. Stephen Stephen was literally selling a Mike Miller jersey. There you go. Go Probably buy Stephen's Mike Miller jersey. Yeah, Stephen, our guest wouldn't even give me a good deal on a jersey he got from the thrift shop. <laughs> Did he end up selling it? I don't know, but he Probably. wanted like a hundred dollars for it. That's super expensive for an old jersey. Yeah, jerseys are valuable. Okay. Oh well. Okay, well, we'll end it here. Um, thank you guys for, for joining me, and, and thanks for listening. Um, we're excited for basketball, and we hope you are too. Um, if you tweet us at no special teams one, I will give a gift card to something to the first person that tweets us. <laughs> I'll give a $15 gift card to whatever establishment wow. you want to the first person that serves us. And okay. So that they've shared. Someone that hasn't been on the podcast before, someone that listens that isn't related to one of us too, that'd be lame. Hey. All right. Oh, I just tweeted it too. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, all right. Everybody have a good one. Stay safe out there and enjoy the NBA and sports returning. And we look forward to talking to you more next time. Peace. All right. Later.